Good evening, everyone, and welcome to our Tuesday service. And we're on week two of our series, Just in Time. Merry Christmas once more, I think. I won't get tired in greeting you every week. <laughs> Let's read our text today. It's found in Luke chapter 1. We'll read from verse 26 to 38. It's quite lengthy, but it's a very familiar story. A nativity story, that is. Um, do get your Bibles, and if you're there, type the word Bible on the comment section if you're watching on Facebook. On YouTube as well. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Lord, today, give us the faith to look beyond the natural. May we know that you are the God who is Lord over the impossibilities of our lives. And Lord, as we look to this uh, story, Lord, thank you that faith will rise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Lots of natural disasters have happened this year. Started with the Taal volcano eruption. And I'm just mentioning the ones in the Philippines. I'm not even mentioning what happened in Australia. Let's talk about the Philippines. The Taal volcano eruption. And um, praise God that it did not um, happen as some would predict it to be. However, after that, the coronavirus, right? And then, just recently, two consecutive super typhoons that wreaked havoc in our nation. Second one even affecting here, us here in Metro Manila. Now, when our perspective is solely based on what we see in the natural, these themes that are supposed to appear we see a lot in, in, during Christmas times, the themes of joy, hope, peace. These themes would be impossible if our perspective is just based on what we see in the natural. And this year has been challenging to say the least. But we can have a supernatural perspective as people of God. We have that. As people of God, we can see beyond the natural. And my prayer today is that that's what happens. Now, don't be allergic to the word supernatural. Don't be allergic to that. 
because we serve a supernatural God. And this supernatural God gave a supernatural promise. And we see that in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. And this supernatural promise was fulfilled in this story. Um, it says there, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. We'll call his name Emmanuel. Supernatural, not skeptical. Supernatural, not so superstitious. Supernatural, not sketchy. Supernatural, not superficial. We serve a supernatural God. And he made this supernatural promise. Now, this ultimately, this promise ultimately pertains to the one and only Emmanuel. And that is Jesus Christ. Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, may our faith be strengthened as we look at a point in time when this happened, when the Son of God came through the virgin birth. And how this was appointed and announced to this Mary. Now, I see three things right here um, that pertain to the supernatural. We see a supernatural appointment, a supernatural power, and a supernatural response. Let's look at the first supernatural appointment. We're, reading from, let's, we're drawing from verse 28 to 33. As you could see in your screens, the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And Mary was greatly troubled at his words. He was, she was greatly troubled and, and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You will give, be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. Now, Mary was, well, first and foremost, this was a supernatural announcement. Imagine. An angel appears, and these angels aren't the cutie cutie angels we see on commercials. These angels were said to be really tall, huge, and these were, you know, like soldiers. <laughs> they were strong and mighty. And she and this angel appears to this Mary all of a sudden. And he says to her, She is highly favored. He has to uh, he has to start his greeting to her, saying that she is highly favored. Assuring her about the Lord's presence, the Lord is with you. And also later on following up by saying you have found favor. Now, why was he saying this? I believe he was saying this because he was securing Mary. Securing her that, he, that God had a purpose, a mighty purpose for her. And she had to know that she was highly favored that there was grace that was to be delivered. Why? Because Mary wasn't the most qualified in the natural. In the eyes of a typical Jew, they would look down on Mary. First, she was very young. She was very young. She was in her teens, they would say. Also, um, she was a woman, and the Jews looked down on women. They, they never thought that they would be able to carry out great purposes at least in their generation. And thirdly, she came from the town of Nazareth. Now, what's with Nazareth? Jews looked down on, on, on people who are from Nazareth because Nazareth was known to be a place that were filled with Gentiles and a lot of Roman soldiers lived there. They were kind of like on the outskirts and then there would be a lot of ship, ships, uh, 
deliveries that had to happen, people from other countries, a lot of cross-country going on. So there was a lot of Gentiles there. And that's why the Jews looked down on the people, the Jews from Nazareth, because they felt that they were super unclean because they had a lot of Gentiles around. And so in the natural, a Jew would look down on this man and say, this woman would probably, you know, I don't think she'd be able to do, you know, great things. And of course, be the bearer of the promise to them for centuries, for ages. However, she was highly favored. She found favor. And another word for favor, if you think about it, is the word grace. And that's why we hear this in our, in our, in our traditions, Mary full of grace. Now, when you talk about full of grace, let's, let's take it a step closer. What, what does grace mean? Unmerited favor. So the, in essence, the angel is saying, Mary, you are full of unmerited favor. Not to your merit, but nonetheless, you're full of favor. Now, though this wasn't really about Mary, all right, uh, what she can do and, you know, and all that, God did have a basis for choosing her because this was aligned to his promise to Israel. You know, in Genesis chapter 49, verse 10, he says this, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. This is Israel, right? His kingdom will never end. Now, God made this promise to Jacob, Genesis 49. But he also made a promise, okay, to David in 2 Samuel 17. It's a similar promise, all right? Now, what does this have to do with Mary? Mary was a descendant of David himself. Now, what can we learn here? We ourselves, okay, are children of God, not by merit of our good works and um, our last names and our efforts, we are children of God by grace. And we take hold of that grace by faith. In the same way, we are adopted. We are, we are appointed supernaturally, if you may. We are supernaturally made children of God. We are not natural-born children of God. And so by this, we can have a purpose all right? That is great. That's bigger than our abilities. That's bigger than what other people can, can perceive us to do and, what, and how we could actually measure our, 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 ourselves to do. We have a purpose bigger. And so what we can learn here is that by God's grace, we can be used to serve His purpose, His purposes, despite our limitations. Now, in this pandemic... Our limitations have been exposed. Probably we've been emotionally challenged. Probably some of us have been mentally challenged. Probably many of us have been financially challenged. Some of us physically challenged, even getting sick. Despite all that, God can use us. The same way that He was able to use Mary to fulfill His purposes for mankind, God can use us as well. Have you asked God that at some point? God, what are your purposes for me? Let's talk more about that later on. Now let's talk about this idea of supernatural power. And we find this as well, and, we'll, and we're drawing from verse 34 to 37 here. 
And Mary asks the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be a barren in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. Supernatural power. Don't we all need that? Don't we all need a supernatural intervention to happen for, with, with what's happening in the world today? With what's happening in our personal lives? With the impossibilities we face as a people, as human beings living in this earth filled with this virus? And as a person who has our own impossibilities to face? But really, those impossibilities will remain impossible without belief, without us believing. Now, a philosophy of history that began to spread some 200 years ago tells us that history is a web of interconnected events you know, that are comparable with one another. Now, the problem with this uh, is that this view does not allow an event that cannot be similar to the rest of history. So what happens is if we take hold of this principle of, view, uh, of people's view of history, then it leaves no room for the supernatural events that have happened in the past. Because as we know, these miracles that have happened in the scriptures we read just happened. You know, it was a special um, visitation, a special time. Like it never happened again. But if we allow that way of thinking, then there won't be room to believe in the impossible. There won't be room to believe in miracles. But as a people of God, as a people of God, this event... What we're reading right now, this, this story when the angel made an announcement to Mary, is a historical event. We must be clear about that as people of God. We must believe that this is historic. This is not just a, a, a nice story we can draw lessons from. This actually happened. This miracle actually happened amongst with the other miracles that we'll find in the Scripture. And, though, and here's what we need to know. Here's what I'm getting at. As a people of God, we still need to believe that God is Lord over the impossible. That God can, can move in the supernatural even in this day and age. And He showed that in the virgin birth. He showed it through this, through this story that He is the God who owns history. Nothing is impossible with God. What miracle are you believing God? Or have you stopped believing in miracles? Have you turned to become skeptical? just for the convenience of not being disappointed, just so that you could set your expectations low and just manage your emotional health, let me challenge you today. We serve a God who is a God with supernatural power, the Lord over the impossibilities. May we believe that nothing is impossible with God. May we truly say that with a conviction that comes from the heart. May it not just be lip service to the Lord, May we truly believe that nothing is impossible with Him. Finally, we, look, we see here in the story a supernatural response. In verse 38, Mary says this, I am the Lord's servant. Mary answered, May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Now to sum it up, what we see here is faith. Mary had faith. 
faith. And it's faith in two ways. It's faith in her identity. And it's faith in God's sovereignty. It says there, I am the Lord's servant. Now, we know about the great I am statements of Jesus and I am statements of God the Father and Jesus. And those are powerful statements. That's that when Jesus suddenly makes his I am statements, this this shows Jesus' confidence in proclaiming that he is God. But here, Mary has an I am statement of her own. An I am statement that says that she is not God. However, says that she is God's servant. Just a clarity and a confidence and a faith knowing her identity, knowing her place in the kingdom, a servant of God. Now, what happens if your identity is clear? Your purpose follows. If you know who you are, if you know who you are in the eyes of God, not in the eyes of men, not in the eyes of natural eyes, but in the eyes of a God who made you, who has a purpose for you, then you would be able to follow through with whatever purpose He has in store for you. Then your purpose will be clear. If your identity is clear, your purpose will follow. Now, one of our uh, volunteers, I'm so proud of this guy. He's one of our worship leaders. Um, his name is Joshua Arevalo. He's been a worship leader for a long time. Um, you know, his family, he's from Catanduanes. And we all know what happened there. Natural disaster happened there. And you know what happened? Uh, he, his family was greatly affected. In fact, they were um, challenged. Um, I, I don't want to go with the details, but they're financially challenged, him and his family, because of what happened in his hometown, in Catanduanes. They were badly hit. Now, because of this, a lot of people send help. And, you know, thank God his, his family was able to, you know, him and his family were able to, you know, receive that relief. However, because there was just so much an influx of support coming in, he decided with those who wanted to, to give help, the church came, his church friends, his office friends came and said, we want to help because they knew he was from Catanduanes. What he did was he organized a relief operation a relief operation that targeted the, the outskirts of Catanduanes, those that were really, really, really badly hit by this typhoon. So what happened was they relieved, they, they, he organized this and uh, he was able to, and him being from there, really knew the, the need. I mean, they were, they were in need of electricity, more, uh, of course, goods, but also electricity. So, you know, you know he, he found a way to at least allevi- uh, to help them. Um, he purchased some solar lamps um, and, and, and other goods. Now, so he was able to do that. Being a victim himself and his family, that didn't stop him. Because he knew who, that he is a servant of God. He knew that he has a purpose. He knew that he had to accomplish something. He wasn't just a child of God. as not someone who just receives the blessings of God, but rather a person who gives, serves. Serves God by serving his people. Now, another challenge happened. Um, now, the cha- a challenge was that they had difficulty delivering the goods. All right? Uh, if they were to do it the traditional way, it would give, take them one week for the goods to be delivered. Now, they didn't settle to that. By the grace of God and by His favor, you know, there was an open door for this private, and then there was all of a sudden a private plane was available, and they were able to deliver the goods within that day. All right? And so you see in the pictures some of that. See, 
if we know who we are. As God dictates, as we find it through the Scriptures, the purpose will follow. Our purposes will follow. We are God's servants. We are His children, yes, but we are His servants as well. We have a purpose. We have a purpose. And that is to be the light to a world that needs, that so desperately needs to know God, to feel the love of God. Now, so that's it. Mary had that. She had faith in in her identity as servant of God, but also she had faith in God's sovereignty. Remember she said, may it be to me as you have said. May it be to me as you have said. Now, what this entailed for Mary was that she would have to face all the challenges that this calling, (laughs) that this appointment had. Remember, all of a sudden, she she was to be pregnant and she was betrothed to Joseph at this point. Now, it would be a huge scandal for people to see that all of a sudden, she was pregnant before actually, you know, finishing the the, the, the rights of being married. Number two, it could be adultery as well. Because Joseph might say, hey, that, that wasn't mine. <laughs> Obviously, it wasn't. And she could be charged for adultery and that would mean stoning to death. Meaning this, this could be mean her very own life. And yet, because she knew and she was sure that she was called by God and she knew who she was in the eyes of God, her God's servant, she said, she trusted, she had faith in the sovereignty of God. May we trust that our good God, though He does things that are really beyond the natural, that, that, that's not, that, that counters our logic at times, that we don't understand at times, may we trust in His sovereignty. May we trust in His character. He is faithful. May we trust in His sovereignty. His will is always good, pleasing, and perfect. So as we land this message, let me leave you with this point. In times of natural disasters, supernatural grace is available to have joy in serving people, believing for the impossible, and to hope in a God who is faithful. Friends, let's go beyond the natural. We serve a supernatural God. We have the power of the Holy Spirit that allows us to do things that are beyond us. Not just to you know, exercise miracles and healing, although that's valid, but to overcome our personal battles and to serve the purposes of God in this time. In this time when a lot of people need to have hope. May we see ourselves with supernatural lenses that, that the people out there, the witnesses, the watching world will see God working in and through us and that they too will surrender and have faith in a supernatural God who is good and who is great. Lord, we thank you, God, for your word. Lord, as we studied this, Lord God, the story of your coming, Lord God, of the announcement, rather, the announcement that the angel made to Mary, Lord, thank you that It's filled with wisdom. And Lord, thank you that we can move supernaturally, knowing that we serve a supernatural God 
who empowers us and who loves us. I just want to pray for those of you who are losing faith. Probably you're, you're struggling with doubt. Struggling with skept, being a skeptic. And this is all brought about by the disappointments in your own lives. Lord, I just pray, Lord God, that you open their eyes to see. Do a supernatural work, Lord, today. May they have eyes to see beyond what has happened in the past. Heal them from skepticism, from being a cynic, from being doubtful of either your power, your love, or both. Father, thank you that faith will rise. Give them eyes to see, God, that you are faithful, you are great, and you are loving. That you have a plan, that you have a purpose, that even those disappointments that they've experienced, Lord, they're all part of what you're doing to glorify yourself. So, Lord, thank you for the faith in Jesus' name. I also want to pray for those who are, you know, who are challenged right now in this Christmas season. Um, you're on that side where, you know, you probably lost a loved one or you probably lost a job and you're struggling with loss and you're at a very dark place. Lord, I pray for these people, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, that you will shine your light on them. Lord, we know that the people of Israel in these times had so much disappointments too. But Lord, after in your time, in your perfect time, you made this announcement. And the son of your son came. The hope of the world. I pray for hope to be restored. That Lord, they will find joy and contentment just in the mere fact that they have a relationship with you. Lord, may they let go of their natural desires that they may appreciate the supernatural gift that they have in you. The supernatural gift that makes them children of God. The supernatural gift of your presence. And of course, your purpose. Your purpose that you give each one. So Lord, thank you once more. Yes, Lord, you are true to your promises. And in your time, they will be fulfilled. But Lord, at this time, Lord, may we find joy. May we see supernaturally. Go beyond our fleshly desires. And Lord, restore to us the joy of our salvation. May you be more than enough for us. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you all. See you next week.